Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to the Sports Garden Network Podcast. Your source for sports entertainment. Incredible sports wagering intelligence. Welcome, sports fans. This is Wagering Week. I'm Tom Barton. That's right. We are Wagering Week. Facebook and Twitter is how you get in touch with us. 855, the number 4, G-A-R-T-E-N. And Facebook and Twitter. Make sure you use the hashtag, hashtag SGN, Sports Garden, G-A-R-T-E-N, iTunes, iHeartRadio, any of our fine syndicated affiliates. And make sure you listen to our Sunday show every single week. Want to bet? Weekend edition is on every single week on Sunday, two-hour edition there. We've gone over some really good stuff over the last couple of weeks, guys, and it's been all about the NFL draft. We will get into some of my thoughts on that today. It's been a lot of NBA playoffs. We will certainly get into some of my thoughts on that, Major League Baseball, if we have time. But the NHL playoffs are set to begin this week, and I want to get a little bit in-depth with this. Look, the NHL playoffs is a time where many of the people that don't really watch hockey over the course of the year sort of jump into the fray because the NHL playoffs are very, very exciting. I mean, let's let's just be honest here, okay? The NHL, what it is, is it's a league that is still trying to kind of struggle and find their way in America for most Americans. Now, Canada, obviously, it's number one around the world. It's very, very popular. But in America, it's still kind of trying to find its way. And you can blame the idea that they didn't represent their stars the right way. You can blame the idea that, you know what, it's an international sport and it's not an American thing. Whatever you want to go out there and blame, knock yourself out. What we do know is that the NHL playoffs are absolutely on fire. They are they are incredibly fun to watch. And most people do, in a sports betting world, get involved now. Okay, you get involved now. This is when they start. So I want to prepare you. If you're a casual fan, if you haven't watched much, the NHL is extremely profitable for those that are able to pick and choose their spots. And I've done it, look, on the air. You guys have followed me for years. I picked the Lightning to win the championship before the year. I've gone out there and given you my plays. I'm dominating the last three years in the NHL. And I think that there was a turn about four or five years ago, where the NHL soon became, okay, you can make some money on this. And you know how you can tell? Because the prices have gone just out of control. We have gotten into a position where the good teams are good, the bad teams are really bad. There's not a lot of middling teams. And when the good teams play the bad teams, look, what Vegas has done, they've priced them out of the market. We've had 500 minus 550. We've had minus 600 money lines this year. Now, we've seen some of them go down, by the way, but we've watched that happen this year. And that's something to really go out there and pay attention to when we get into the Stanley Cup playoffs here and we get closer and closer into the playoff series teams are going to be more evenly matched you're not going to see these massive lines 
But early on, we do see them. The abs are minus 400, depending on where you're shopping. You might get it like a 375, but they're about four to one. The Flames were minus 300 plus. The Panthers were minus 250. So you go out there and you start to look at some of these things and you go, yeah, look, the prices are going to be a little bit off. The prices are going to be a little bit inflated still now, but a lot of people are considering considering most of these games match up nightmares for the other team. There are some very close series though. Rangers-Penguins, minus 120 to win the series, minus 120 in favor of the hometown Rangers to win game one. That's a, a nip and tuck kind of game. What about the two-time defending champion, Tampa Bay Lightning. They're actually plus 130 because everybody's looking at what the Maple Leafs have done. Now, the Maple Leafs haven't won a playoff series since the quarterfinals in 2004. That doesn't seem to bother anyone because Matthews is playing on a different level and Marner's playing on a different level. And this seems almost trappy to me where you look at this and you go, yeah, you know, a lot of people kind of jumping on the other side. So we're going to get into all these playoff series. I want to give you kind kind of a basis to touch on before we dive in deep with all these playoff series. And the basis to touch on was to kind of let you know, look, inflated numbers are there for a reason. You're going to get the abs. You're going to lay four to one, but the abs should win this series easily with four games. You know, if for the people out there that are NBA fans only, think about it like this. You know, the Phoenix Suns against New Orleans in game one were minus 10 and a half. Well, what was the money line on that? It was actually closer to 5-1. to one. The Milwaukee Bucks were minus 11 in Game 1. Well, what were the money line on that one? Almost 5-1. to one. So we look at hockey and we go, wow, that's a, that's a crazy money line. Oh, man, that, that's absolutely just insane, that money line. But the reality is it works with the prices that the NBA playoffs are doing. It's just we're more used to a minus six, minus seven, minus eight, minus 10, whatever, whatever that line is. And on the other side, you're used to, oh yeah, I'm getting eight points. You're used to a point structure as opposed to a money line structure, which then changes things. This is a lot of the reason why people don't bet hockey. This is also the reason why a lot of people don't get into major league baseball because the money lines are so big and people are going, wait a minute, you know, we're doing money lines. Uh, Why aren't I minus something? It's a lot easier to be minus points for the general public. It's a lot easier to look at a a game and say, okay, the Warriors tonight are six and a half point favorites. They got to win by seven, as opposed to saying, wow, is it worth it for me to throw $350 down to only make $100 back? And that is what the sports books are counting on, by the way. The most high level, and I've repeated this on the show, so for those that have heard it before, sorry, but the most high level bets that they take and you could walk up to the counter for our NFL. It's the least winning percentage by a smart player out there. College football, NBA, college basketball all come the next two, three, and four. Why? Because it's easier for the sports books to make money. The general public understands minus points as opposed to money lines. The last two, the two that they limit the most, baseball they limit the most, and hockey they limit most uh, right after that. So it's something to certainly pay attention to, the idea that, yes, you can win at this, but you're going to have to pay a premium. I say in baseball all the time, I go, you know, when you're paying a large premium and a big-time price, you have to understand the best team in the league is going to win 100 games, but the worst team is still going to win probably about 60 games, and they're going to be an underdog in most of those and a substantial underdog in probably a third of those games. So you could make money on bad teams. You could make money on good teams. Well, we get into the NHL playoffs. There are no bad teams left, but there still might some, be some value left on some plus money underdogs. Something to, to 
keep in mind when you're going, oh, yeah, I'm going to jump on the abs. Look, the abs are going to win the series, sure, uh, but are they going to sweep them out? Are they not going to win one game? Well, if Nashville wins one game and you're betting on Colorado in every single game, you're going to take a massive hit when you're talking about how much your profitability factor would be. That is something that the smart better, a smart better absolutely understands and he realizes and you adjust accordingly. Now, I will say this. There is a big notion out there, even among smart sports bettors and guys that do this professionally, that they just hate big money favorites and they think that there's no value. Well, not all big money favorites are valued the same. A big money favorite might be minus 350 when the real line should be about minus 1,000. Okay, so there is some value there. It just hurts, man. It does hurt when you lose these big boys. With all that being said, don't forget about the totals as well. Hockey totals have gone up. The scoring has gone up pretty exponentially over the last half a decade or so. And really this year, scoring was up among the top teams. Florida was a top scoring team. You look at uh, Colorado's top scoring team. We'll go over that in a moment. But you look at the top scoring teams, they are exponentially scoring at a different rate than they had been. A lot of the sports books are trying to adjust. Some of them have over-adjusted. We look at game one between Tampa and Montreal uh, and, and uh, Toronto that everybody thinks is going to be a shootout. They put it at six and a half. And if you want to take the over six and a half, you are laying 130. I mean, that is, woo, oh boy, right? I mean, we got some scoring going on. But when we talk about scoring, and the crazy scoring that's going on with the stars, because this is a star-studded playoff field with guys like McDavid and Leon and Marner and Matthews and up and down. I could name a million of them, right? They all have scores. Panarin, Johnny Gordeaux, everybody's got scores. And that kind of starts to bring you back into the, oh, wait a minute, it's going to be a lot of scoring going on. But the books have adjusted, number one. Number two, this is the playoffs. So you do have much better defenses. You have tighter games. You have a different style of play. You have much better goalies. I mean, Igor just put together one of the greatest goalie I mean, performances in history. And you got Vasilevsky on the other side, right? I mean, the guy's up for goalie of the year pretty much every year for the last, what, three, four years. So you have better goalies, better defenses, different style, different timing. Everything's going to be different. I tend to think that a lot of these games, especially in the early going, are probably going to go under probably going to go under until the books adjust. Just my overall thought process here. As far as prop plays go, I'm a guy that I love prop plays, but I'm seeing a lot of sports book manipulate the prop plays. For the first portion of the year, you guys follow me on Twitter, I was hitting McDavid every night for a point, over half a point. And what I was doing, I had to lay big money. I was laying 220, 300 at times, 350 at times. I didn't care. McDavid was getting a point every single night. And I did this for almost 20 full games. I did the same thing with Marner for the last three years. Mitch Marner has been gold for over a half a point. Now, you're going to have to lay a little bit, not as much with Marner, but you're going to have to lay a little bit with him. I hit Matthews later on in the season. I loved it. And now the books are kind of adjusting. You could still get minus a half out there. But a lot of the books, I'll tell you, you know, I do some work with Caesars. I I, I like their sports book, one of the better navigatable uh, sports books out there. This isn't a promotion for them. I'm just telling you, they now changed it. So you can't get Mitch Marner uh, for a half a goal. You got to go over one and a half points. Or you can't get him for, uh, you can't get Matthews for a half a point. You got to go over one and a half points, meaning you got to get a full two. That's what they've done to adjust. So pay attention when you're talking about prop plays, what sports books you're using. Look for, if you like him to get 
a point. You go, ah, he's going to get a point. Don't buy into, oh, I could get plus money back at two points because the difference between two points and one point is pretty massive, <laughs> as we all know as hockey fans. It's pretty massive. All right. With that being said, I want to give out some offensive and defensive stats here going into the playoffs so we do know what kind of teams that you have. Just straight statistics. I'm not going to give too much of an opinion. Talk talk about it how you will. We're going to talk about offensive stats here. The league average was 2.55. was a league average bare minimum, okay? Florida is the number one team as far as offense goes in the NHL. St. Louis was second. Colorado third. Minnesota following them at fourth. Toronto, Tampa Bay at 5-6. Vegas, who's out of the playoffs, at seven. Calgary comes up. Washington comes up. Columbus is out of the playoffs. Then you get Carolina, Pittsburgh, Edmonton, Jersey's out of the playoffs. Now, under the league average, Nashville, just under the league average at 2.66. Remember, 2.55 is where we're going. And that's, you know, you're talking about um, overall points per game percentage. It's 20.62. Winnipeg, Vancouver, the Rangers are under that number. Boston is under that number. The Los Angeles Kings are under that number. Dallas is under that number. So when you are talking about offensive numbers and you're talking about, um, you know, points per game, scores per game, 2.78 is the league average. Nashville's 2.74. The Rangers are 2.73. Boston's 2.63. Los Angeles, 2.54. Dallas is 2.51. So Dallas is, you know, a quarter of a goal underneath the league average. Florida is nearly a full goal over the league average. Something to pay attention to. How about shots per game? Because, you know, you get shots per game. Shots per game, all of a sudden, 31.62 is the average there. And you look at shots per game, guys. This matters because some of those shots are going to go in. So Los Angeles, while they don't score a lot, they're actually above league average on shots per game. Almost two and a half more shots per game than league average. Boston, they don't score a lot. They're almost four full Shots per game over league average. Somebody like the Rangers that we look at and we go, okay, they don't score a lot, and and uh, you know they're under two goal, uh, two shots under league average. Other teams that are above league average, Calgary gets a lot of shots off, thirty five point four six shots per game. That's a lot of shots off, guys, and that is the highest outside of Florida, who's number one overall with thirty seven point three four among the playoff teams. Shots per game, the lowest shots per game among all playoff teams that you're looking at. Yeah, we're going to go back to the New York Rangers at under 30, 29.17 shots per game. So that's your offensive numbers. That's your offensive statistics that you want to go out there and you want to take a look at. How about defense? Yeah, defense is what we want to look at. Uh, We can look at shots. We can look at power play goals. We can look at power play chances. I'm looking at save percentage, basically. And the best defense in the league, well, the Calgary Flames. Calgary is number one. If you want to talk about scoring, um, actually Calgary and Cal- Carolina, one, two, as far as uh, uh, percentage points, percentages, uh, Calgary is just a little bit better. But scoring, 2.10, Calgary, Calgary and Carolina. I think you could argue, specifically when you get to power play goals, and Carolina is such a great power play kill, um, when you're talking about power play goals, Carolina is actually better. So I'm going to say in in my metrics, look, you could talk about defense, you could talk about score. My metrics, Carolina is the best defense in the league. Calgary is second. The Rangers are not far behind at number three, 
scores per game, and that's Igor, by the way. Boston, 2.27. Pittsburgh, 2.44. Colorado, 2.44. Edmonton, 2.45. So you're looking at defense, and we talk about defense wins championships. The top seven teams defensively in the NHL are all in the playoffs. Now, the Islanders didn't make it. They would be eight. But then Los Angeles, Toronto, Tampa Bay, Dallas, all back into it. And you get into a Vancouver and a Nashville, uh, St. Louis, all Florida, all Washington is all above league average. Are there any playoff teams here that are below league average defensively that made the playoffs? Zero. Winnipeg, Vegas, St. Louis, San Jose, Anaheim, Seattle, Chicago, Buffalo, Columbus, Philadelphia, Montreal, New Jersey, Detroit, Arizona. None of them made the playoffs. None of them made the playoffs. So not one defense that was below league average made the playoffs. I think we understand how important defense is right now. I think we can understand how important defense is right now. And we're talking about defense in a position where opening night, we had a one five and a half out there between Boston and Carolina. Carolina, probably the best defense in the league. Boston comes in at number four. There's still a five and a half number out there. Tampa Bay, Toronto. We talked about the offense about Tampa Bay and Toronto. We talked about it, right? But both of them, guys, talking about uh, a Tampa Bay, Toronto, both of them are inside the top 12. They're actually tied for 11th best defense overall. There's a six and a half minus 130 to the over on opening day. Uh, of the playoff series here. St. Louis, Minnesota. All right, I understand that six and a half, and you didn't have to pay for the over. L.A. Edmonton. L.A. Edmonton actually only had a six line. And again, you're looking at L.A. Edmonton. Edmonton is known as the offensive explosion team. Edmonton's that team, that offensive team. Well, here's the thing about Edmonton. They actually have a really good defense. They have the seventh best defense in the NHL. And they were, uh, look, 2.45, 2.44 was tied with two teams. So they they were, I mean, a smidge, a hair away from being a top five defense. Everybody looks at them as a scoring offense. They're that top five defense. And what I also like a lot about Edmonton that you have to pay attention to is they had a coaching change on the 10th, okay? So you're going back to February 10th. They had a coaching change. Since that time, they have changed a lot of their philosophy. And since that day, Edmonton has the third best winning percentage of any team in the NHL. And their philosophy was play more defense. When he took over, they were clearly out of the top 10. And if you look at it, defending, depending on what sort of metric you're looking at, they were closer to 20 than they were to 10. Since he's taken over, it's a different mindset. It's a different philosophy. Edmonton has become a defensive team. Edmonton does give up. Look, they give up a lot of shots per game. Okay, 32.28. A lot of teams are are underneath that. But you look at that and you go, yeah, that is is an indictment of, wow, how good he has been. And when you're talking about, uh, you know, the shots against, what kind of defensive philosophy we're going with and what kind of move we're going to make. When you are also talking about power play goals, guys, power play goals are something really, really that could hurt you and that could burn you and that could hurt you. Minnesota and uh, and actually Vancouver, the only teams above league average that give up just a massive amount of power play goals. 0.65 is is huge. Think about it like this. 0.65 there, Carolina, who's the best defense, 0.34 power plays per goal. I mean, that is, that, that's, that's unbelievable. So a team like Minnesota going to struggle on special teams. A team like Florida actually struggles on special teams defensively. 
That's a number within a number. The LA Kings don't do a... The, the, the Kings are against Edmonton. Everyone's billing this as a defense against offensive series. Edmonton has a better defense, number one. Edmonton is massively better against the power play since the new coach has taken over. So when we look at the numbers within the numbers and we start breaking this down, you can start to see a direction you want to go in to make a little bit of money. You can start to really grasp that kind of, okay, this is the philosophy that I'm taking. This is where I'm going to make some money in the NHL this year. It's going to be a fun NHL playoffs. But when you do dig into the numbers, there's a lot of perception that is not reality. And I wanted to give you guys that perception that wasn't reality in a lot of these cases. And I hope that that gives you some ammunition moving forward. All right, let's take a quick timeout. Come on back. When we do come back, I'm going to tell you who I like in the series, who I like moving on, of my eventually Stanley Cup winner, and who I really think, you know, can give some problems. I think we have the best Eastern Conference Stanley Cup, uh, you know, playoff series, maybe ever. Maybe ever. I legitimately can see seven of these teams winning the Stanley Cup this year. Six, probably seven teams are in the running. As far as the West, it's kind of all about the abs. Can they finally get over what they just cannot seem to do? And that is to hoist that cup and to get there and to get their final, that final kind of breath out of them and say, ah, we did it. Well, they have not done it time and time again. And I think the West has some landmines as well. We're going to talk about all that and more right after this on Wagering Week. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. And now back to Wagering Week with Tom Barton. i bet you 20 bucks I can get you gambling before the end of the day. No way. What are the odds? What are the odds? And what are the odds? And what does it do? We're bringing it to the Western Conference and Eastern Conference betting odds. Let's start at the top. The Colorado Avalanche are the Western Conference absolute favorites at plus 130, which is really one of the bigger favorites that we've seen in a long time. Calgary coming in next at plus 300, although the 300 is kind of going away and I'm seeing up to 325, 330. You might be able to wait on that and get a little bit closer. Edmonton plus 800, 8 to 1 for the Minnesota Wild as well. St. Louis Blues 10 to 1, Dallas is 20 to 1, Nashville 25 to 1, and the LA Kings are 30 to 1. Let's move over to the Eastern Conference as well. We do have a pretty good favorite here with the Florida Panthers at 3 to 1, Toronto plus 450, Tampa Bay plus 550. The Carolina Hurricanes are 6-1. Boston and the Rangers are both 8-1. The Pittsburgh Penguins are 9-1. And the Washington Capitals come in at 14-1. That is, what are the odds? You know, guys, look, I, just from a betting odds perspective, I'll go over each series, but from a betting odds perspective, let's, let's talk a little bit here. Um, while we talk about kind of the series here, Florida 275, look, I have, and I told everybody this, before the year, when you go back and you watch uh, and you listen to our 
NHL preview. I gave everybody the Florida Panthers. I'm holding an 18 to 1 ticket on them to win the whole thing. So to go back in at 275 doesn't make a lot of sense. And 275 in an absolute stacked Eastern Conference. And that's what I look at this as is just a purely stacked Eastern Conference plus 275. I don't like it. I, I would I would go the other way and just kind of say, you know what? I'll just bet game by game, series by series with Florida if I miss out on that. Toronto, the same thing. Toronto and Tampa have the second and third best odds in the Eastern Conference, and they're playing each other in the first round. So you might go out there and take a team to win the Eastern Conference and be eliminated in the first round? No, I don't like anything about that. Nothing, nothing about that at all. Look, and I don't like, I'm being honest with you, I don't like the first overall series. We'll get into that in a moment, but I don't like the first overall series. I'm sitting this one out. Enjoy it. Watch it. I'm not touching this. I'm not touching it. But whoever comes out of it, now you could kind of go back in. And then that's when you could bet. Carolina, 6-1. to one. Look, I like their defense. Um, and Boston's 8-1. to one. I mean, they're right there. The Rangers are 8-1. to one. Pittsburgh's 9-1. to one. That is going to be a tough series overall. Washington, 14-1. to one. If there's one value team, I would take the Rangers. Look, if you believe in their defense, if you believe in their goalie, which how can you not? I mean, the Rangers are the only one offering an 8-1 to one value with the clear best goalie more than likely in all of hockey. I mean, you want to throw Vasilevsky because he's got the track record there, but he's got a much tougher first-round opponent. All right, let's go to the Western Conference. Colorado, obviously the favorite, but at plus 130, why touch it? I mean, really, honestly, why touch plus 130? Plus, the Colorado Avalanche have some problems. I mean, we know that. They they just have that that bugaboo that they can't get past the, the second round. Calgary at plus 3-1. to one. I like that, but again, you're getting Calgary at about 3-1, to one, depending on where you look at 3, 350-1. But you're getting Calgary at about the same odds as the Eastern Conference favorite, and you've got to go through Colorado still more than likely. No, I don't like that at all. Now you're getting into some value plays. Edmonton, 8-1. to one. I mentioned their improvement since their new coach took over. I have mentioned that, look, they have the most exciting player. They have the best duo out this side of Matthews and Marner, um, and they have the best player in hockey. I know Matthews put together a great year, but McDavid's still the guy. And you get him at 8-1, to one, you're pretty assured that they're going to get out of the first round. They were minus 210 on game one. You're pretty assured they're going to get out of the first round. Edmonton 8-1 to one doesn't... doesn't yeah, that doesn't scare me off. I kind of like that one. Minnesota, 8-1. to one. I don't feel as good about them. People do like the Wild. They really do. I don't think that they have that oomph. They don't have that guy. I mean, Zuccarello's a nice player, and you guys flurry. I, I mean, you have a couple of guys, just not for me. St. Louis, 10-1. to one, Absolutely not touching that. I'm not touching Dallas at 20-1. to one. I think Nashville might not win a game at 20-1. to one. And the Kings probably sneak maybe one game because they're a really good defense at 30-1. to one. For me, Edmonton and the Rangers, both at about 8-1 to one odds are both of the things that I'd be looking at if we're talking about futures plays for each individual conference betting odds. Again, I'm on Florida. I still like Florida. Uh, I think Toronto and Tampa Bay, either one of them can win it. Uh, it, it's, It's a mess in the East. In the West, I think it's Colorado, Edmonton, or Calgary. I don't know if you could go anywhere off. And again, Colorado and Calgary, it's not offering any real good odds. So you might want to take Edmonton. With that being said, if one of them go down early on, you know, Edmonton's going to shoot up the board, so you might want to get that a little bit early. Let's talk about the Western Conference and the first-round playoff and all of that. So we'll stay with Edmonton since we are talking about them. Edmonton, I told you guys, look, the Oilers are a team where you look at this team and there's a misconception about what exactly they are. There just really is a complete misconception about who this Oilers team is because since the coaching change, they have been a completely different team and such a better team. They actually are a better team 
than the Kings, who are considered a defensive team on power play. They are better. They are a better defensive team than the Los Angeles Kings, who are supposed to be the defensive team in this game. Now, again, to take them to win the five-game series, it's only 2-1. to one. A little bit more. You're going to have to lay 210 in some spots, but about 2-1. to one. I like it. I think Edmonton is on a mission. I do believe that Leon and Connor are in a position where they're going, okay, everyone's looking at what's going on in Toronto, and we're still the best. We're still the best duo out here. And you do tend to worry about Edmonton's goalie. I understand that. You can. Look, their their combination's not terrible. I, I like them. Look, I think Edmonton wins the series. Maybe they, not even maybe. I'll say they lose one game. Because the Kings do have a pretty decent defense that can come up big at some times. But I'm not going anywhere away from Edmonton. I think Edmonton cruises here. They move on, for me, relatively easy. Game by game, they're only going to be about minus 200. When you get to L.A., they're going to be minus about 170 or so. I like them there as well. Uh, as far as the over-unders, I don't really have a take, but I do like Edmonton moving on. And I'll be on McDavid if I could get a number of, you know, a point scored, even if I got to lay a premium minus two, 250. I think he has a fantastic series. This is the series that I think we've all waited for for him, and this is the, the playoff season that I think we've all waited for for him. So I got Edmonton moving on there. Um, Calgary will take on Dallas, Nashville takes on Colorado. Not much to say about this. Colorado just has that in their mind. They just can't get past the second round. They have consistently lost when they are consistently the favorite, and it's another team. There's nothing bad I could say about this team other than that. Colorado is fantastic between the pipes. They moved over goalies this year, and it didn't matter. They're fantastic between the pipes. They have tremendous scoring, and they could go three, four scorers deep. They could get a lot of guys on this team that really, you know, scare you from a defensive standpoint, because they're coming at you. Nate McKinnon, uh, Miko, Miko had, I mean, come on, 92 points. And he's the secondary option, really, when McKinnon is healthy. He's the secondary option. And it, look, Kadari had 87 points. That, that's a trio right there. It's not just two. That's a trio. So I look at Colorado as not a problem at all. But you're laying nearly 7-1 to one here. Nearly 7-1 to one on the betting line for the series. I don't in any way think that Colorado's losing this series. In no chance I see them losing the series. But I don't know if I could lay 7-1 to one at all, especially with their playoff problems. Look, it's Colorado or nothing, but I think I'd rather just kind of go, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll jump on Colorado next round as opposed to now. Minnesota-St. Louis. Minnesota's a good 160 favorite here. St. Louis won all three meetings. So that's something to pay attention to. Now, you could say that the Minnesota Wild have been a different team since Marc-Andre Fleury came over. Yes, they have. Okay? And he is a guy that has a pedigree. He's 9-2 here with the Wild. So all of a sudden, people are jumping on it. Matt Zuccarello, like I mentioned, 79 points. I think he gets better at this time of year. It seems like they do. They were absolutely on fire to end the season off. They won eight of their last 10 games with a tie in the middle of that. Yeah, they have been absolutely fantastic. St. Louis is just a team that worries me if I'm this Minnesota team. Look, St. Louis is, they have four top offensive players. Huso has been fantastic in gold, 25-7, and 2.56 gold against, and he was really good. You want to talk about down the stretch? We talked about down the stretch. 9-1-2 down the stretch when he's between the pipes. I like it. I like St. Louis, 
plus the 140. I don't think I'm going to actually go out there and make a bet on it. I, I really don't because I'm trying to be very cautious during this playoff series. There's a lot of games that I do like, but St. Louis plus 140, that's an intriguing number to me. I mentioned Calgary. They're minus 3, 350, which is, could be a value here. Now, the Stars did get one of the three games head-to-head. Johnny Gordeau, 115 points. You actually have two, three, four guys deep. It's not just a one-person team. Absolutely fantastic. And they finished 1-2 in the plus-minus among all players in the NHL. So we want to talk about duos. And I talked about, you know, Leon and Connor and, and Austin and Mitch. And, well, you know what? Why don't we why don't we talk about Johnny and Matthew at this point? And that's what we almost have to do. I don't believe in Dallas. Dallas is the only team that finished with a negative goal differential among all the playoff teams. I think that this is probably a lower number than it should be. You're 350, and you're talking about the Avalanche are 700. If this is a 500, and this is when we're talking about big money spreads actually being better. I, if, if they were minus 500, I'd still go, yeah, that's about right. You get them at three, 350, depending on where you're looking. Yeah, I'm taking Calgary, even laying the big juice. I mentioned the Oilers. My take on the Oilers, look, they won three of the four meetings. There's not much to say other than I have them uh, certainly moving on. As far as overall, I know you guys love to to talk about this. As far as overall, there's no chance I'm taking Kings, Predators, Dallas, St. Louis, or even Minnesota. I'm not taking any of them to move on and represent the West when we're talking about the Stanley Cup Finals. I'm not not touching it. So to me, it's a three-team final. It's Colorado, Calgary, and Edmonton. The betting side of me says Edmonton has some value. But we're talking about... Overall prediction time. Colorado is the easy pick, but Colorado also has a history here. I've made a lot of money on the Flames this year. A lot of money on them. I hit the Flames, and we talked about it on this show when they were streaking the right direction. I hit them, but I tend to think that maybe Edmonton, maybe it's Edmonton's time. Maybe I'm buying too much into the coaching change, but maybe it's Edmonton's time. The easy chalk is Colorado. It's easy to go out there and say, yeah, Colorado's going to do it. Colorado's going to be representing Colorado. You can't stop. It's very easy, but most of the time in the playoffs, things like that don't always happen. You don't get the chalk. All right, let's go to the Eastern Conference. We talked about the the matchups and uh, the the overall, I think that, I think that the Rangers are value, but let's talk about the number one team, a team I gave you guys on this very show and every show that I did as my Stanley Cup winner before the year began. That's the Florida Panthers. They come in under 4-1. to one. You can get them at 375, and I've seen them as low as 355. Under 4-1 to one for the President's Trophy. Look, I understand Washington is red hot, and they really, really ended off the season really well. They ended off the season um, in a situation where they weren't too healthy, though. Ovenchkin uh, injured his shoulder late. He missed the final three games of the season. Without Alex Ovenchkin and his 90 points, they don't have a chance. Florida's going to sweep them out, and Florida might sweep them out anyway, okay? They may sweep them out anyway. They have the best record in the NHL. They have the best goal differential, plus 94 in the NHL. They absolutely dominated. Bobrowski, you know, he didn't look good after the All-Star break, I'm going to be honest with you, but they could throw Knight in there and be perfectly fine. I like Florida to sweep the Capitals. I don't think the Caps even get one game. I like Florida quite a bit here. Toronto, Tampa Bay, I cannot believe you're making me bet on this game uh, or make a prediction on this game. Tied 2-2 during the season. Toronto's minus 125 uh, because of, you know, they are Toronto, but Tampa Bay's the defending champs and they're plus money. I think that a lot of people are going to jump into that. I think a lot of people are going to jump into, hey, it's a veteran-laden team. Stamkos did have 100 points. Hedman is one of the better goaltenders and goalies out there. Uh, I'm sorry, defensive players out there. They have one of the best goalies out there in Vasilevsky, who tied the league lead and wins with 39. They are really good out there, and, and, and I think people are going to jump into it. But Toronto is just on 
fire. Austin Matthews got 60 goals, guys. Mitch Marner had 97 points and 62 assists. You throw in Nylander with his 80 points. Unbelievable. And Jack Campbell's been really good. Now, Campbell isn't going to be the stand-on-your-head type of guy. I think Toronto wins, but there's no way. If you handed me $1,000, I would say, you know what? Keep your money. I'm not betting on this series. I really, I can't take it with your money. I wouldn't bet this series at all. This is going to be the most fun series to watch. I'm going to have a blast enjoying it, but I, I can't touch it. I just can't. How about Carolina and Boston? Carolina only a minus 120 favorite. If you want to take the Bruins, you're actually not even getting money back. Uh, they are minus 105. Carolina won the series, season series 3-0. They are that defensive team. They finished with the third best goal differential at plus 76 in the NHL. Uh, Anderson has been fantastic. Their defense is absolutely fantastic. By the way, Anderson, 35 wins and 2.17 goals against. Just incredible. Um, but he's banged up. They're saying maybe he's not even going to be ready for this playoff series. Hold on a minute. That throws something into it. And that throws a monkey wrench into things. And no matter who they were playing, but that throws a monkey wrench into things when you're playing a veteran-laden Boston team that's still trying to show everybody, hey, you know, don't forget about us, right? Don't forget about Brian Marchand and my 80 points. Uh, Pasternak and his 77 points. Bergeron, his 65 points. And everything that Boston can do, we've seen Boston elevate in the playoffs time and time again. This injury could be devastating. Look, it's not a Joel Embiid type of injury, but it certainly can be de devastating. I still like Carolina to move on. I still like Carolina to move on because their defense is more than just their goalie, which you don't often see, but I do like that defense to move on. Pittsburgh and the Rangers. The Rangers, depending on where you're looking, minus 110, 115. I've seen it up as high as 120. I've actually seen Pittsburgh in some spots down in Atlantic City. The Pittsburgh Penguins, I know it's Philadelphia area, but it's kind of still near Pennsylvania. They were minus 120 for the series. Uh, look, I, I don't know how anybody could take the Penguins. I had Josh Taylor from CBS Pittsburgh on the show this weekend. I said... I just did, can't find a reason to take the Penguins. He sort of agreed with me. Look, the Penguins could be without Tristan Jarry. They could uh, be without him. It didn't matter if he's in there or not. Look, Crosby's still there, and they have some of the names. But, guys, Igor Krzyzewski is the best goalie in the NHL. He led in goals against a 2.07. He had the third best save percentage in the history of the league, okay? And a scoring lead at 9.35. He finished in second in shutouts with six. He finished sixth in wins with 36. Kreider was fantastic. Panarin had 96 points and missed time or else he would have easily gotten to 100. Uh, you look at... Their defense, Adam Fox, who's the best defensive player last year. He's going to finish fourth among defensive scoring overall. He's probably the best defensive player in the, the, the sport. What, what am I missing here? I love the Rangers in this spot. I, I'm big time on the Rangers in this spot. With that being said, let's talk about the Eastern Conference betting odds moving forward. Well, the Capitals are out for me. I, look, I don't think they win a game. And the Penguins are out for me because I think they're getting knocked out. I'm throwing Boston out there because while they may win this initial series and you go, oh, well, you know what? You, you, you might be able to get by if you're Boston in this initial series. And I could see Boston winning it, by the way. Remember I said six or seven? I could see Boston winning it, okay? I, I can see the Capitals getting hot, but it's really six. I could see Boston winning it, but I, I don't. I think even if they get out of this first series, they're going up against powerhouses in Series 2. I don't like it. 
Carolina, I'm dismissing Carolina. I know. Here we go. Defense, 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 and defense does win championships. They do. But they don't have the superstar scorer that I like, and I don't like an injury to a goalie. I don't care if he comes back in, in you know, the second series and all of a sudden he's healthy and everything else. I need to see it first. I need to see that first. So that leaves me with four teams. Florida, Toronto, Tampa Bay, and the Rangers. Guys, I want to take Toronto. When I was on my Las Vegas show, I said, you know, I think Toronto can go to the Stanley Cup Finals, and I think that they might be the team. But they also might go down in round one, and we know that Toronto has not won a playoff series since the conference <laughs> finals in 2004. Semifinals. Um, it's since 2004. They haven't won since 2004, guys. Toronto. So I can't take them, and I can't take the Lightning because I don't think they get past Toronto in round one. So that leaves the team that I gave you guys before everything was all said and done, before the opening of the first puck of the season was dropped, and that's the Florida Panthers and the New York Rangers, who I think can stand on their head and be fantastic. Look, I want to take the Rangers. I want to take the Rangers because I love defense wins championships. I want to take the Rangers because I love a hot goalie can win everything. I want to take the Rangers because I'm getting them at 8-1 to one odds just to win the East, and you can get them at even much better odds to win the entire thing. I like and I want to take the the New York Rangers. I really do. But I'm not getting off of my Florida Panthers. Look, Florida, I know it's plus 275, so I'm not going to bet on it. I'm also in a unique position, like most of you listeners, if you listen to me, with an 18-1. to I think Florida is the best team. Again, we're in a position where I want to take the chalk. I want to take Florida against Colorado, but I also kind of want to go in a different direction. I want to take Edmonton against the Rangers. I want to take Edmonton against Toronto. But I think that the East is just so stacked and so packed. It's just absolutely insane. I, I I can't wait for this playoffs. I think it's going to be phenomenal hockey. It's going to be so much fun for all of us to watch. And there is a piece of me for the... I'm not a Canadian guy, okay? I, you know, there is a piece of me that does want an all-Canada final where we have Austin Matthews and his 60 goals with Mitch Marner as his running mate against... Connor McDavid and his time to basically shine and Leon as his running mate. A piece of me wants Toronto against Edmonton. A piece of me wants that because it will help the sport. A piece of me wants that because it'll help the individual players. We could put them on a platform. Maybe they could finally start to push them. A piece of me wants that. It really does. I just don't really believe it'll happen, even though a piece of me kind of wants it. Look, we know the future is very bright with these young guys, and we know Connor McDavid's future is very bright, but the future might be now. It might be now. For the way that they've played since coaching change, the future might be now for Edmonton. I'd love to say that Connor McDavid would be hoisting that trophy. I think it would be good for the sport and good for the future. All right, guys, since we're talking about the future, let's go back to the future. We're sending you back to the future. Okay, all right. Bet to the future. Bet to the future. Well, we're going in. We're going to move over to the NFL draft that just took place. And the odds are up here. Who will win Offensive Rookie of the Year? Drake London gets plus 550 attached to his name. Kenny Pickett, look, he's going to be starting quarterback in Pittsburgh. He is 7-1. to one. Brees Hall is 8-1. to one. Good landing spot with the Jets. Traylon Burks in Tennessee gets 8-1. to one. Garrett Wilson goes 9-1. to one. Kenneth Walker at 10 to 1 up in Seattle, Chris Olave at 12 to 1, Christian Watson at 12 to 1, and Jamison Williams 12 to 1 as well. That is bet to the future. Now look, my thoughts on the NFL draft real quick before going to the NBA. Um I thought that Vegas did a fine job. Look, they didn't do a Nashville great job, but they did they did a perfectly fine job hosting it. And they had a lot of things working against them. You know, the Raiders not having a pick in the first round in the first two rounds. 
the hometown team, that certainly worked against them. No real premier star quarterback out front. But I like the idea that Kenny Pickett went to Pittsburgh. I like that um, Aiden Hutchinson went at home to Detroit, like Michigan kid. I do like that. I think the Jets had an absolutely groundbreakingly historically good draft. I, I mean, unbelievably good draft. I thought the New York Giants did really, really well. And look, the Jets and the Giants, you could say, of course they're going to do well. They both had two two top 10 picks. Yeah, but I thought Evan Neal was going to be a top four pick, and he wound up falling to the Giants. So I thought the Jets did really well. I thought the Giants did really well. Overall, though, the night was basically all about how far will Malik Willis fall in the draft itself, how long would you know Willis fall. Obviously, uh, Pittsburgh really liked Kenny Pickett, and the draft also became about the trades and what trades went where and, and who was moving and what it was going to be. I mean, that really was what it was all about. Look, Hollywood Brown goes to Arizona, and I've said this before and I'll say it again. This was nothing more than you getting into a fight with your girlfriend and you don't want to lose her. Right? I mean, Arizona, you you get into a fight with your girlfriend or your wife, and you don't want to lose them. What do you do? Well, you better not come empty-handed, right? You're coming with a bouquet of flowers. You're you're coming with something. You're coming. Look, if you really screw up, maybe, maybe you're coming with some jewelry. If it's not that big of a screw up, eh, you know what? You get away with some ice cream or something like that. But, but you better be coming with something. You can't come empty-handed. And what you're looking at with Arizona is that relationship was broken with Kyler Murray. He took them all off social media. That's now the new thing to do. I don't like you anymore. I'm breaking up. We're coming off. We're done with social media. I mean, that's kind of, look, that's what the kids are doing now all all the time. Oh, we're breaking up. Oh, change your status on social media. Oh, right. But, but that's what happened. Kyler Murray changed his status per se. Kyler Murray wasn't too happy. Kyler Murray was in a breakup. He was in a breakup. Arizona said, okay, wait. Oh, we screwed this up. Hold on. Uh, Kyler was sorry. We were apologetic. You were hanging out with, with Hollywood Brown. Uh, yeah, we saw that at the Oklahoma game. You, you were loving him. Uh, okay, he's your ex-teammate. Uh, um, hey, we're sorry. We, we got you, Hollywood Brown. I mean, that's really what happened here. And I think that Arizona's clearly overpaid for a receiver that has had the drops, a receiver that was a problem. But in a lot of ways, I think it's a win-win for both teams. Arizona gets a guy to fill in for Christian Kirk, and he's a better wide receiver than Christian Kirk. And A.J. Green is getting a little bit older, so you, you're you concerned about that. I look at this team and I go, yeah, they, they had some wide receiver problems with Hopkins and whatnot. Obviously, maybe they knew that was coming, maybe not. I don't know. But they went out and they got him the receiver, but they got him his friend. So it works out. You, you appease the guy that is the big-time reason why your franchise is on the upswing. I think that that was a good move for them, even though they paid a little too much on the Baltimore side. You are a run-first, run-second option. Marquise Brown was about the fifth option on your team offensively. So even though Lamar Jackson came out and he put a what WTF, what the you-know-what, you know, what the because of the Brown trade, and then he had to backtrack on it, and he didn't like it. It was a bad problem, and he wasn't happy about it. All of that, guys, all of that being said, at the end of the day, I think Baltimore did a good job. Look, they got a, a very good pick back for a guy that really isn't an offensive option. Look, their first, if you're the Baltimore Ravens, your first option is to run the ball. We know that a million times over. They're going to get two guys back from injury. They are still a run-first team. They're running first with the running back. Their second option is to run with Lamar Jackson. Right? I mean, that's their second option. Their third option is to go to Mark Andrews, their tight end. Their fourth option 
is to dump the ball out of the backfield and throw it out of the backfield. Their fifth option now becomes a wide receiver, which was it Marquise Brown or is it the kid that stepped up last year, what they spent a high draft pick on in Bateman? Yeah, I think he's the fifth option, which means Marquise Brown would have been the fifth or the sixth option on this team. And you wound up getting a first-round draft pick for him. I like it. I like what the Ravens did. I think the Ravens had a good draft. I think drafting a center is fantastic as well. So I like what they did. And then you had A.J. Brown going from Tennessee to the Eagles. Here's another situation where, and I don't normally grade draft picks like this. I think it's a win-win. I don't usually grade trades, and especially draft pick trades, as a win-win. I think it's a win-win. Tennessee goes out, and they get rid of a guy that, they're going to have to pay $100 million to. And that's exactly what the Eagles did, by the way. They paid him $100 million. But they're going to go out and they're going to have to go get a guy that they're going to pay $100 million to. They didn't want to do that out of wide receiver's position. They didn't want to do that considering they are a run-first option. And they know that their window was kind of closing. Derrick Henry's getting up there around that uh-oh age when you're talking about running backs. Even though he's built differently, they still are. They're still a run-first offense. They're still a, a grinded out. They're still a defensive team. They're not sure what they have in Ryan Tannehill. We're not going to give a wide receiver $100 million dollars. They're not going to do it. So what do you do? Well, give me a good draft pick, which they got a good draft pick for, and you ship them out to the Eagles. In return, they went out, by the way, Tennessee, they got Traylon Burke, so many people believe can develop into a number one option in this league, and they get him at, at a reduced rate. They also wound up going out and saying, hey, you know what? We may very well might have our Ryan Tannehill replacement in a couple of years. So this could look brilliant for them on the surface. I like it because they weren't going to pay him. Now, he goes to the Eagles, and A.J. Brown goes to the Eagles, and they have been looking for a number one receiver for a long time. They tried to get Jalen Rager. Last year, they went out and they got the Heisman Trophy winner, by the way, paired with A.J. Brown. This is fantastic. And now they're all in on Jalen Hurts. This is the team that ran more than any other team in the NFL last year were the Eagles. Yeah, the Eagles. So now they can open this up. And the odds have changed since they opened it up because people do believe that A.J. Brown's going to have a pretty good year, and so are the Eagles. Look, their Super Bowl odds went from 50-1 to 1 to 33-1 to 1 immediately after the trade. Their AFC odds went from 18 to, uh, I'm sorry, went from, uh, AFC odds went from 30-1 to 1 down to 20-1. to 1. The Titans, consequently, moved from 18-1 to 1 to 25-1, to 1. <laughs> right? So, you have that. How about... NFC East, yeah, they were plus 325. Now they are the betting favorites at plus 225 to win the NFC East. Regular season season wins, well, it didn't move that much. It's still sitting at 8.5, but it was minus 110 before. It's minus 130 now to make the playoffs. Plus 115 before, minus 105 now. Jalen Hurts to win the MVP went from 50 to 1 odds to 25, cut in half. 50 to 1 to 25 to 1. A.J. Brown over receiving yards, 990. I love that. A.J. Brown over five and a half touchdowns, minus 105 to the over there. So A.J. Brown really did move the market. I'll tell you, look, I still don't think the Eagles win the Super Bowl, and I still don't think they win the NFC. But I do sort of like them to win the NFC East, which I think that they are our best team there. I definitely like them to win over eight and a half games. I think they are a winning team, and that's now with the new 17-game schedule, that's a winning record. I do think they make the playoffs. Yeah, I'll take him at, at making the playoffs at about even money. I don't like Jalen Hurst to win the MVP. No, absolutely not. I like A.J. Brown over the five and a half touchdowns, and I lean to him over the, the yardage. So, I mean, I like what the Eagles have done in this spot. I mean, that's really what it is. It's I don't want to say it's an uninspiring draft. It was more of a, a 
kind of get the guys that you need sort of draft as opposed to, oh, this is going to be great. Real quick, let's talk about the NBA. We're not going to be able to get into Major League Baseball. I want to talk about the NBA playoffs just really fast. Joel Embiid being out once again. I told you guys on this show, I thought 16-1 to 1 odds to win it all was a pretty good odd situation for the Philadelphia 76ers, only if Joel Embiid could stay healthy. And I said, I don't even know if I'm putting money on it because I don't think he can stay healthy. Well, it's not only the thumb now, now it's an orbital bone. I'm not saying it's his fault. But it's going to have a massive impact. And it looks like, you know, look, Miami's probably going to kind of cruise here. Milwaukee walks into Boston in game one and really gave them a piece of their mind. And I'll tell you what, I thought that this was going to go seven. Giannis is in that playoff mode that Giannis gets into. Boston is trying to kind of beat it. I I love this series. I don't think I'll make a bet the entire time unless it's maybe on the under because both uh, defenses are playing really well right now. But I, I, I think... Whoever wins that series is going to beat either Philly, if they could come out of it, or Miami. It doesn't matter. Either Boston or Milwaukee, and looking like Milwaukee, will be the champions coming out of the East. Over in the West, what can you say? Golden State is my team. They've been my team all along. Yeah, they got a scare in game one. Doesn't matter. They are just too deep and too good and too just explosive. I think they wind up beating Memphis pretty easily from here on out, even though they did struggle. Memphis isn't winning a game in Golden State. Can't see that happening. So I still have Golden State moving on. Uh, Dallas's defense has to scare you if you're a Suns fan. You have to be concerned about Dallas's defense and, of course, Luka. But I think the Suns are the better team. I just do find some value. Five and a half, six in game one. It's moving up to five and a half, six in game two. You know, you can get, get some value with a good defensive team. Team, a defensive team that completely shut down Utah, oh, by the way, and Utah's number one offense. I do see a little bit of value there when you're taking Dallas in the under. Phoenix has a pretty good defensive team as well, one of the best defensive teams in the league. So the under makes a little bit of sense there. I mean, if I'm resetting the playoff field right now, the Bucks looks like they're going. It's either Bucks or Boston. I'm still up in the air about it. But I'll lean the Bucks because Giannis in playoff mode is just uh, he's just another another person, man. It's just unbelievable. And I have not gotten off of the Warriors. I gave you guys the Warriors before the year began. I gave you guys the Warriors before the playoffs began. And since we're resetting here after round one and kind of starting uh, up on round two, I'm just taking the Warriors again. You can't get me off of this Golden State team. And this is where I am. And I'm comfortable. I'm comfortable where I am with the Golden State team. And that's going to do it for me, guys. Hey, enjoy the hockey playoffs. I am pumped up for this Eastern Conference playoffs. And the NBA playoffs is going to be full tilt. Don't forget about Major League Baseball. Still make a lot of money there. The Reds look like they're just absolute bet against at this point. Where I'm talking today, they are now 3-19. and They made three pop-up errors in one game uh, this afternoon. So, guys, you know, you can find teams to bet against when they are going bad. I'm Tom Barton for Wagering Week. We'll be back, and you can bet on that. This has been a presentation of the Sports Garden Network. To be part of the show, call 1-855-4-GARTEN. That's 1-855-442-7386. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter at Sports Garden. That's G-A-R-T-E-N. Get all your credible sports intelligence 24 hours a day by visiting us at sportsgarden.com. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So... No, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. 
Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.